It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. Indiana and Ohio voters head to the polls today as the state's parties hold primary elections for this year's Senate and House races. While his name is not on the ballot, the weight of former President Trump's endorsement will be tested in Ohio as Trump-backed Senate candidate author J.D. Vance is only slightly favored in what looks like it was going to be and is going to be a wide-open race. And I think he watched the race very closely. He watched the debates that we had very closely. And he just started to think that I was the only candidate who could actually take the fight to the Democrats successfully. Meantime, a leaked initial draft of a majority opinion written by Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito shows the Supreme Court may be poised to overturn Roe v. Wade when decisions are released in late June and early July. Chief Justice John Roberts has called the leak a betrayal of the confidences of the court and an attempt to undermine the integrity of our operations. Further, the Chief Justice has directed the Marshal of the Court to investigate the situation and find the source of who leaked the document to Politico. The politics of this are impossible to miss. The Senate minority and majority leaders weighing in. Now that the court is poised to strike down Roe, it is my intention for the Senate to hold a vote on legislation to codify the right to an abortion in law. Americans cannot receive a fair trial if politicians, pundits, bullies, and mobs get a say in court. For this and more, we bring in our panel, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, Tom Bevan, Democratic strategist and syndicated talk show host, Leslie Marshall, and founding editor at the Washington Free Beacon, AEI resident fellow, Matthew Continetti. Matthew, I'll start with you. I mean, this is pretty shocking. If there's any place in Washington that was not believed to be the bastion of leaks, it's the Supreme Court. And yet this is a big one. And we've seen a growing attack on the court's independence, Brett, uh, with calls to pack the court. Um, We've seen uh, leaks about uh, Ginny Thomas and uh, the wife of uh, Justice Thomas. We've seen leaks about uh, mask wearing in uh, court uh, meetings. And then, of course, the the big enchilada, this leaked draft opinion um, that would reverse Roe v. Wade. And I think the question is we have to limit ourselves to what we know. What we know is that as of February, there were five votes on the court to reverse Roe v. Wade. There were three votes in dissent, and there was one vote, Chief Justice John Roberts, that was uh, kind of up for grabs, uh, an island unto himself. We know that the opinion is very strong legally. It's 99 pages. It has an appendix. Um, It is well-reasoned. It's written by Associate Justice Sam Alito. 
What we don't know is where the things stand now. And we have the statement from the Chief Justice today, Tuesday, May 3rd, saying that while the leak is authentic, it is not the final opinion of the court. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's tough to, to play the political game and say, what is the impact of this until you get the final, final ruling, uh, Tom. But if you look at this issue, uh, how much do you think it plays as we are six months from the midterms? You know, it's impossible to say. I mean, I went through the polling on this. There was a Quinnipiac poll that just came out last week, and it had uh, they offered voters um, eleven different issues, and abortion ranked uh, tied for seventh at five percent. I mean, it was orders of magnitude. Inflation was number one at thirty-one percent, then immigration. So it was well down the list. Um, However, and- let me interrupt. I mean, that was before the threat of. Roe v. Wade being overturned. Sure. I mean, the the point is, so we'll see where it goes from here. Is it going to jump up to be the number one issue, number two issue? How's it going to play right with with independence? I mean, uh, so there's a lot of political uncertainty uh, around this issue. It is. I think Democrats think that it is an issue that will do the one thing that they've been thus far unable to do, which is unite and energize not just the left-wing base of the party, but also moderate and swing voters, right? All the other issues that they've been dealing with, immigration, Title 42, uh, inflation, you name it, they those two sections of the voting electorate have been sort of out of sync. One would please the progressive base, but alienate uh, swing voters and vice versa. And that's a that's a box that Biden and the Democrats have been in for some time. I think Democrats think this is the issue that could potentially motivate not only their base to to really get fired up and turn out in November, which they need, but also to win back some of those moderate suburban women around the country in swing states where they have been losing ground, uh, where they had made ground uh, up against, uh, you know, during the Trump years, but had lost ground seemingly in the last, you know, year and a half. Leslie, um, obviously Democrats, including uh, Senator Schumer, are focusing on the impact as if this ruling was the end ruling. Uh, and what they're going to try to do to fight back. Republicans, meantime, are focused on the leak and the threat to the institution of the Supreme Court. Where are you? I'm a Democrat. I'm a woman. And I could talk for hours about this, but I won't. I promise you, Brett. (laughs) Uh, The Supreme Court is clearly in disarray. This is an extraordinary breach. And Chief Justice Roberts called the Roe v. Wade leak, a betrayal. But let me tell you as a woman, and not just a Democrat, but an American, um, how voters are going to come down. Tom, I love you. You don't need to have polling for this. I'm going to give you my crystal ball clairvoyance on this issue. On the right, Republicans have long time feared that Democrats would take away their Second Amendment right. And that's a huge issue Uh, Even when it's not top 10, if it becomes an issue, it definitely can motivate voters because they fear uh, and and, and unjustifiably fear uh, the Democrats are going to take their guns away. I have to say, when the Handmaid's Tale talk came out, I thought that those on the left uh, in my party uh, were being a bit dramatic, very similar to those on the right that think they're going to take away our guns and our rights and our Second Amendment. Well, now 
This is if, in fact, this leak is uh, the leak is uh, true. But if the final vote comes down to uh, mirror this, um, then this is not drama. Uh, th this is not, um, you know, a grassy knoll. Uh, this is a reality. You are looking at women. You are looking at youth. You are looking at the majority of voters who will feel betrayed because justice after justice, when they were being confirmed, and even those who had already been on the bench said that they weren't going to mess with this. They weren't going to go back uh, with precedent on, on former rulings. And this, the, the majority of Americans, not just women, uh, even if they are pro-life, favor uh, a, a woman's uh, right to choose, certainly not late third term uh, abortions, but we're talking about uh, the first trimester especially. So I think politically people are saying prior to this that Democrats, it'll be a bloodbath in the midterms. It'll be a tsunami. It would be a bloodbath and a tsunami, in my opinion, for Republicans if this were to happen. Can I just offer? Uh, let me just cl clarify one thing. I mean, to be clear, even if this ruling comes out, it does not outlaw abortion. It passes the decision to the states to vote on it. And there are a number of states who have already passed laws making abortion illegal. You're right. But there are a number of states that have abortion on the books. That is legal. There are more states, actually, that have abortion on the books than 34. have made it illegal. There are 17 states that have Roe codified in either their state constitution or in legislation, plus the District of Columbia. And there are 13 states that uh, have banned abortion um, with various exceptions that would become the law in those states if this decision holds. And then for the rest of the states, it is in the democratic process. And that what Leslie's describing is exactly the point. We should have an argument over abortion and how we should regulate it like most other Western democracies do. And so it, this is just the start of the debate, not the end. All right, Tom, you were going to interrupt. I, I was just going to paint an alternate version of, of what might happen, which is a, a couple of things. I mean, you know, number one is how big does this issue grow to be on the minds of Americans? And will it motivate um, you know, how many minds is it going to change, especially if, you know, November comes around and there's still five or six dollar a gallon gas inflation at eight, nine percent and, you know, groceries and, and everything else. I mean, will, will is that going to be the, the driving issue among voters? The other thing is we are still six months away from the election. And to the extent Democrats try and use this as whip up outrage, can they keep the outrage going at the speed with which things happen in America these days, news, uh, you know, news cycles travel, it's going to be very difficult, especially if the sky doesn't fall, as Matthew points out, some of these debates have already been taking place around the country. This is not, you know, this isn't automatically turning America into the handmaiden's tale. And once voters realize that, um, it may not be as potent an issue for the Democrats as they think, particularly if the economy, which is still the number one issue, and I expect it will remain the number one issue, um, you know, continues to be a, a drag for Democrats and a real, you know, a concern of the American people. You know, um, I don't do this on the show, but hearing from various sources about the investigation and what's going to happen to try to find the person who leaked this, there's all kinds of working theories out there. One is obvious is that some liberal clerk uh, wanted to get this out saying that this is, you know, going to happen. Uh, and you know, for one reason or another, that's that's the leak. The other one is more 
intriguing. It is a conservative who is um, threatened by the fact that Chief Justice Roberts may try to water down uh, a final version in another case and maybe peel votes away from what had been decided in this particular case. And that fearing that some conservative has leaked this uh, to make sure that the world knew that Roe v. Wade was voted 5-4 uh, to be overturned and lock in those votes, essentially. So those are all speculative, investigative kind of things. But Leslie, it is interesting to think about the motivation of why somebody does this. Yes, and I know my party's going to be angry with me and the people on the left, but I, I would go to Vegas, Brett, to say it was somebody from my side. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the reason is, you know, just because of a lot of things that, you know, you've heard uh, Tom and Matt, you know, talk about. Uh, you know, whether it's immigration, whether it's crime, whether it's gas prices, and certainly when you look at the polling and words like bloodbath uh, or tsunami, um, you know, also because this is a huge issue uh, for people on the left, and it doesn't just tie into, God, so many things, um, you know, you know, who, who makes this decision? And Republicans would say the federal government shouldn't, you know, make uh, this decision. Some people say government should make this decision at all. Um, but it, it it also goes into, you know, if states, and we've already seen, you know, make these decisions, well, what's the future for those states? Because there are numerous companies that I think would pull their business out. We've seen it happen on a local level in some states already. Um, and, and then when you, you know, you just look at uh, going forward, there's another issue, which is in this leak, if it is from somebody on my side, not only does it, you know, you're yelling fire in a crowded theater, it could motivate people to vote. Democrats don't typically vote in numbers like Republicans do in the midterms. Um, and two, it could also start not just the conversation, but more momentum for adding seats. We'll hear from our panel after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Matthew, let's turn to these primaries, Ohio, Indiana, Ohio being the most interesting. And uh, we'll have results uh, tonight, but heading in, it was really tight with the Trump-backed J.D. Vance um, having a bit of a setback in the final days in that uh, the former president said he was J.D. Mandel, which is the <laughs> last name of the opponent who's closest to J.D. Vance, uh, Josh Mandel. It'll sort out here, but looking at Ohio, looking at Pennsylvania, looking at Georgia, looking at other things, this is a litmus test a bit of the former president's power. It, it will be, Brett, these next two months of primaries will really test the power of a Trump endorsement. And they will be a test because Trump has wanted it that way. He has, has a view of the endorsement privilege of a politician uh, that many others don't share. It, typically, you look at these endorsements don't matter. And so tonight in Ohio, we'll have the first case. We know that Trump's endorsement of J.D. Vance gave Vance a boost heading into election day, but it is not a commanding boost. It didn't launch him into the stratosphere. In several of these polls, undecided remains the vote, uh, chief vote getter. 
And the lead that uh, Vance does have is tight with not only Josh Mandel, another uh, Trumpy alternative, but also Matt Dolan, who uh, subscribes to the America First agenda, but um, hasn't backed Trump on some of his um, election 2020 related um, claims. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you're the poll guy. We've just got new polls coming out uh, today. I'll be out on a special report, but just a couple of the condition of the economy, good or poor. Uh, March of 2022, good was 26%, poor was 74%. Now good is 21%, poor is 77%. And then how much longer will inflation be a major issue? A couple of months, several months, another year, more than a year. So more than a year, 45%. Uh, and they think that that's going to last uh, for quite some time. So there's a lot of hardship numbers coming out of, of these latest polls. It's fairly grim for, for Biden and the Democrats pretty much everywhere uh, they look. And, um, you know, it, we're in what? May, uh, this is when the cake is baked. I mean, this is when, you know, perceptions harden. I think in our current tribal environment, uh, in some sense, the cake may already be baked. I mean, there is, uh, the landscape is sort of set and barring, again, maybe this Roe v. Wade decision is going to flip the script and and really change the political landscape. But as far as the economy goes, um, it's not great. Just real quickly on on Ohio, I mean, Donald Trump endorsed J.D. Vance on April 15th. Vance was sort of languishing in a distant third place. He was at 10.5% in our average. Now he's at 26%. So, you know, two and a half times, basically, uh, just in the in the final couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, Matt Dolan is, is surging as well. I mean, he's got legit momentum, seems to be, you know, sprinting through the finish line here. And to the extent that all of the anti-Trump, you know, establishment folks coalesce behind him, uh, he could he could pull this out tonight. It'll, it's going to be I think it's going to be really close. Uh, you know, I think Vance might hold on, but Dolan could certainly win it. Um, and again, it's going to be, you know, fair or not. I think Trump's going to, you know, he'll either take the credit for it or he's going to take the blame, despite the fact that he literally picked Vance up off the floor just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, the former president is going to be a big part of the midterm campaign. You can already Absolutely. see it. Everything is talked about. Senator Schumer on the floor saying this is Trump's party while talking about overturning Roe v. Wade. So, um, you know, Leslie, that's part of the plan, the blueprint. But if you're a Senate candidate, let's say you're Tim, Tim Ryan in Ohio, who looks to be going on to a, a decent campaign focusing on workers and the economy and Rust Belt issues. Do you change tactics now with this Roe v. Wade, what looks like to be a decision, and focus more on that rather than your Rust Belt worker focus? And do you risk something by doing that? You do risk something by doing that, Brett, which is why I would say, you know, do both walk and chew gum at the same time, which certainly Tim Ryan or anybody out there uh, running can do because, you know, uh, workers rights, uh, you know, Rust Belt issues, union issues, you know, blue collar worker issues are huge, especially in the state of Ohio. But, um, you know, th this league definitely uh, speaks to that. And again, uh, the women and the youth and, and some of those women and youth who may not be 
uh, having, uh, you know, workers, you know, rights and, you know, issues about the middle working class um, as number one, uh, you know, of importance to them, you know, as voters. You know, you had mentioned, Brett, that this is going to be a test of Trump. And and I would agree with that. But I, I think even more so, this is going to be a test of who is the Republican Party going to become in the near future from where it is now? Is it going to become more of a Trump party as it was, um, you know, when he was president and leading up to that? Or is it going to take a turn? When you look at Ohio, you know, you you have J.D. Vance, who's backed by Trump. But then you have, you know, as these guys had mentioned, you know, Matt Dolan is is just surged that state senator who Trump specifically is not endorsing. So you have like a battle of, you know, the, you know, anti-Trump and Trump Republicans, you know, within the party. And, and that could actually help or hurt Democrats um, after you have the chosen ones in the DNR categories uh, when they get out of the primaries and go on uh, to the general elections. Yeah, these are the first uh, of many, and we will see um, a lot start to come to the fore as we get ready for the midterm six months from now. All right, thank you so much. Now for a bit of history. 1982, President Ronald Reagan began a series of Saturday radio addresses to the nation. During these addresses, he would informally discuss current events. Not unlike Franklin Delano Roosevelt's fireside chats, no other incumbent president had spoken to his constituents through the radio. Slated for only nine talks, the addresses quickly gained popularity and the radio address would continue for the rest of his presidency. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Tom, Leslie, and Matthew, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.